0: You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Colorado, more specifically Greeley, more specifically my house yet more specifically, from my computer room. It is the afternoon. It is not only Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. It is also after 5.30 p.m. instead of 5.30 a.m., even though I usually record podcasts in the 5 to 6 a.m. hour. Right now, my schedule having changed... My trying to be a good little boy this week and abide by the new terms, I am trying to leave out earlier. haven't quite brought myself into acceptance of the new standard, the new reporting time. I still very much dislike it. I don't like it. I think it is unfair and unreasonable and unnecessary and a bit arbitrary, but I've said enough about that. In previous episodes, recent episodes. I tend to pursue my efforts to undo that as much as I can. And in the meantime, I want to talk about everything and not just that. And I want to talk about everything, not just the things I'm frustrated with or the things that I have talked about. I want to talk about new things. And I think in the course of talking about new things, I should be able to to talk again about old things, but maybe with fresh insight from a different angle, seeing solutions which were not readily apparent the first time around. I'd like to talk about, for instance, this article from today at thedailywire.com, written by Emily Zanati. The title is Constitution Declaration of Independence Now Have Trigger Warnings on National Archive's site. Yes, you heard that right. I know you're saying to yourself, what? What? But before we get into it, I want to start off by thanking three guys from church. Three guys from church who have been an encouragement to me today. Summit View Community Church, Evans, Colorado, if you're in the area, come check it out. Visit, stay a while, put up your feet maybe, sit down and chat, listen in. But first of all, Paul Pavlik, one of the two pastors at Summit View Community, I really appreciate the time we've been sharing on Signal. It's a very secure, encrypted end-to-end private messaging app. Check it out. I've heard it's very secure. I'm not an expert, so you have to, at a certain point, trust somebody, as my cousin, Marshall Mullet, who is more of an expert than I am on these things, puts it. But great app. And Paul and I, we happen to use that app. Several of my closest friends and family members use that app. I use that for any communication back and forth that might be sensitive, that the cancel culture, the woke mob, the folks who don't want you to have an opinion other than what is expressly permitted, you don't want them necessarily getting a hold of your private text messages, reading through them, trying to cancel your career, your social life. You don't want that. So check out Signal. It's a great app. At least it has been in my experience so far, having used it for several months now. It requires somewhat frequent updates, but it seems to work pretty well. Get it on your phone, get it on your computer. You can use it for instant messaging on both places. But, Paul Pavlik, thank you for working through Jeremiah Burroughs' The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment with me. I'm enjoying going through the book with you And as we were talking about this morning with the problem of pain, the problem of evil, the problem of suffering, and being able to discuss that openly and honestly, sending audio messages back and forth, discussing it at some length, really, all told, it was very handy to be able to have a conversation that you can pick up and you can put down as time permits in the course of your daily events. I'm driving between locations. Hey, cool. I'm going to listen to the last audio message he sent me. I'm going to send him an audio message back. We're going to talk about this book. We're going to talk about this 500-year-old Puritan book on contentment. And it's not scripture. So even though it talks a lot about the scriptures, and there's a lot of really good stuff in there, particularly where the scriptures are concerned, It's not infallible, so it's okay to disagree with some things or to scratch your head and say, "Mm, is that quite exactly true? But thank you to Paul for having those discussions with me chapter by chapter. We're making our way through it. We're six chapters in now. The second shout out I'd like to offer is to my neighbor two houses down, my brother from another mother, if you will, J.P. Chavez, thank you for your encouragement. Always a pleasure to talk with you. You're a deep thinker. You're a very diligent thinker. You're a very careful thinker. And it's a great encouragement and a great pleasure to know you. So thank you for your conversations today, back and forth, talking about my most recent podcast episode where I was sharing that we need to communicate the truth boldly. We need to communicate the truth of God's word, especially boldly and I want to thank JP for messaging me privately and I won't share our conversation but I will say thank you for listening to the podcast hitting me up offline and just following up and saying, hey you know what about this what about that and if you considered this and etc cetera, etc cetera. so thank you JP third but certainly not least Kale Rogers stopping by, picking up our three oldest boys so they can go to the youth group kickoff this evening. My father-in-law flies in today. He's going to be with us for two weeks. Keep it a secret, but he's considering a move to Colorado to live closer to us, to start fresh. He just recently retired after, I want to say, 20 or 30 years with Lowe's. He designed kitchens and he just recently retired and he's thinking about moving west move west young man and grow up with the land as Horace Greeley famously put it so with my father-in-law coming in my wife has gone with our three youngest children to go pick him up from the airport our dear sweet daughter Evelyn had a doctor's appointment today and between that And picking up my father-in-law and having guests and our middle child, our smack dab in the middle child, Daniel Joseph Mullet, not wanting to be home alone, not wanting to be by himself, I thought it best if I come home, hang out with him, wait for Lauren and the kids and Jerry Duff, my father-in-law, to get here. So thank you, really truly, thank you, Cale Rogers. For stopping by, picking up the kiddos, taking them this evening, and offering to pick them up again to bring them home. Really, really appreciate it. Your family, you personally, your children, your wife, all of you are just dear sweet people. So thoughtful, intelligent, and articulate, and insightful, and just think the world of you. So if you're listening, kudos to you. And uh, thank you for being part of our life. Thank you for being such a blessing in our lives. My, My life personally, my family's life, when you're a blessing in my family's life, you're a blessing in my life, even indirectly. But thank you to each of those three men, especially today. I really, truly mean that. Now, that said, I want to move on to this News and commentary piece from the Daily Wire. Emily Zanotti writes and publishes this today. And let's just start from the top, shall we? Quote, Digital copies of America's founding documents, as well as other historical documents in the National Archives online catalog, now feature trigger warnings, alerting readers that they may contain harmful language, and the change appears to follow the release of a little-noticed report from a National Archives Racism Task Force that suggested the agency provide context for its historical materials. Digital copies of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, most notably, now feature a harmful language alert, which appears at the top of the page and directs users to a National Archives and Records Administration NARA for short, Statement on Potentially Harmful Content, quote. The NARA does not specify why the Constitution, Declaration, or Bill of Rights received the warning, but the NARA statement indicates that documents and historical materials are marked as having harmful language when they reflect racist, sexist, ableist, misogynistic, misogynoir, and xenophobic opinions and attitudes, Be discriminatory toward or exclude diverse views on sexuality, gender, religion, and more. Include graphic content of historical events such as violent death, medical procedures, crime, wars, terrorist acts, natural disasters, and more. Demonstrate bias and exclusion in institutional collecting and digitization policies. Trigger warnings are listed as just one of a number of solutions to the problem of providing historical documents to an increasingly diverse community the NARA notes, and are part of an institutional commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. The catalog and webpages contain some content that may be harmful or difficult to view, NARA said in a statement released at the end of July. NARA's records span the history of the United States, and it is our charge to preserve and make available these historical records. As a result, some of the material presented here may reflect outdated, biased, offensive, and possibly violent views and opinions. In addition, some of the material's may relate to violent or graphic events and are preserved for their historical significance. When a commentator on social media suggested that it was outrageous that America's founding documents would require a trigger warning, the National Archives was quick to respond by noting that the alert is not connected to any specific record but appears at the top of the page while you are using the online catalog. Indeed, The warning appears at the top of other documents including the miscellaneous papers of the continental congress the articles of confederation and an institutional description of the continental congress a search of archived images of the declaration of independence digital page shows that the warning was not present earlier this year although the nara does not give a specific rationale for the change in approach to historical documents As the Daily Wire reported earlier this summer, a little-noticed report from a National Archives Task Force on Racism suggested major changes to the archives, including changes to its landmark rotunda. In an exclusive report out Sunday, Fox News noted that a little-noticed report from a National Archives Task Force on Racism suggested the building where America's founding documents are displayed was an example of structural racism and suggested major changes to how the Constitution and other notable records are presented in order to provide context. The group also reportedly suggested that the National Archives' portrayal of individual founding fathers was too positive. The report suggested that documents displayed in the rotunda the Declaration Constitution and Bill of Rights be marked with trigger warnings for individuals who might suffer physiological and psychological symptoms as a result of coming into contact with the information. Providing an advisory notice to users gives us an opportunity to mitigate harm and contextualize the records it creates a space to share with the public our ultimate goals for reparative description demonstrate our commitment to the process and address any barriers that we may face in achieving these goals i e the size and scope of the catalogue and the ever-evolving knowledge we gain regarding what is harmful The task force also said that the National Archives should engage in activities that could provide context to the Rotunda and documents through dance or performance art in the space that invites a dialogue about the ways that the United States has mythologized the founding era. Let's read that last paragraph again, shall we? The task force also said that the National Archives should engage in activities that could provide context to the Rotunda and documents through, and I'm quoting here, Dance or performance art in the space that invites a dialogue about the ways that the United States has mythologized the founding era. Pardon me while I take a deep swill of my beer. Okay. I'm going to work on being a little bolder here, so bear with me. First of all, Are you kidding me? Are you actually kidding me? You know what? Here's an idea for you, Nara. How about you and all your personnel make your new standard uniform wearing a pink tutu? How about that? Fairy wings and a pink tutu. And you do your little interpretive dance about restorative processes, restorative justice, and context. Reparative description. You do your little dance and your little tutu, and we'll play the music from Little Rascals. Remember that scene in Little Rascals from when I was a kid? 90s movie, kid's movie. Remember that? Alfalfa, Porky. They sneak in because they're trying to get away from the bullies they sneak in to the little girls ballerina ballet recital and they dress up in tutus they go out there and they make fools of themselves and they are dancing and pretending to be part of the cast because maybe just maybe they won't get beat up that's what this reminds me of i'm sorry sorry that's offensive trigger warning Trigger warning for the podcast episode about the trigger warning. You NARA folks have got to be joking. You've got to be kidding me. I'm sorry. This is just ridiculous. It's absurd. It's insane. Here's an honest question. At what point do bureaucracies infiltrated by social justice warriors, critical race theorists, the woke crowd, the radical left, at what point does their radical agenda get identified as treasonous? You're going to put a trigger warning on the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights because it may contain. It may... You're not even saying it does and here's where and here's how objectively. No, 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 no. You don't have the guts to say that much. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You don't even have that much courage. Twirl around in your fairy costume because you don't even have the guts to say where and how and why this, quote, harmful language has been marked. Racist, sexist. What is racist and sexist in the Declaration of Independence? The word savages? What? Point it out. Put your money where your mouth is. Sexist. What is sexist in our founding documents? Please tell me. Please, please tell me. What is sexist about the Declaration of Independence? The fact that these are all men signing it? What? It's insane. This is insane. You are crazy people. You are out of touch with reality. If such people as these run our country, then I got news for you. We're gonna get taken over by another country with people who are not insane. Some sane country is gonna take over our insane country and we're gonna be ruled by foreigners. That's exactly what we deserve. That's exactly what we get if we're going to permit and tolerate this kind of absolute abject nonsense. The Constitution, the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights are sexist? What? How? How? They're ableist? How? Where? Show me where. They're misogynistic? Misogynoir? What is that? Misogynoir. I haven't even ever heard of that term. You're just making stuff up. You're making up new sins to accuse people of being guilty of so that you put them on the defensive eternally. No, 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 no. You're a crazy person and you have no business governing anyone. You can't even govern yourself. If you don't have better things to do with your time in your life than come up with terms like misogynoir, then you have no business governing a country or mediating the interaction that the American people have with their founding documents at the website for the National Archives. You have no business. You're completely unqualified. You can use a computer. Congratulations. Congratulations. You can use a computer, but you have no common sense whatsoever. And when I say no common sense, I mean you have no wisdom. I mean this is folly. This sounds very smart in your academic circles, but this is foolishness. And if we allow ourselves, if we people with common sense who complain about this kind of stuff, if we allow ourselves to be led by this kind of common sense, this kind of nonsense, if we allow this to become the new standard of common sense, We are the blind being led by the blind and we are all going to fall into a ditch. This is nonsense. Xenophobic opinions and attitudes? Where? Where? Show me where. Be discriminatory discriminatory towards or exclude diverse views on sexuality, gender, religion, and more. Okay, newsflash for you. You're being discriminatory. You're excluding. A view held by previous generations of americans you're being discriminatory nara national archives and records administration you're being discriminatory towards americans who actually love their country who actually love the country that they call home you're being discriminatory you're excluding someone else's views a lot of people's views on sexuality gender religion and more this is social justice this is activism This is radical leftism. Include graphic content of historical events such as violent death, medical procedures, crime, wars, terrorist acts, natural disasters, and more. Are you serious? Are you serious right now? Because if you're serious, you are a crazy person. You are a weak, lily-livered, spineless, invertebrate coward. You're gonna put a trigger warning on descriptions of war, of medical procedures, of violent death, of crime, terroristic acts, natural disasters. There's no graphic content for one, okay? If you think this is graphic content, then for crying out loud, please, 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 lock yourself in your home and don't go outside because you're going to be terrified by what you see. A robin plucks an earthworm out of your backyard and you're going to have a meltdown. (gasps) Oh, the poor earthworm. Ah, My day is ruined. We're talking about our nation's founding documents. You lily-livered coward. You absolute weakling. Listen up. You folks who know better than this, We cannot afford to be led by weaklings like that. It is an insane proposition that we become so weak, so sensitive, so fragile, that we start putting trigger warnings on our founding documents. Here's what's happening. Our nation's founding is being stigmatized before our very eyes. People who believe in the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights are being increasingly stigmatized as potential terrorists if you object to mandatory vaccines, mandatory mask wearing, if you object to lockdowns, if you object to the way that the 2020 election was handled, which no one, absolutely no one can dispute, involved widespread bypassing of norms, safeguards, rules, practices, all in the name of COVID. If you object to the way that Afghanistan has just been surrendered to China, not to the Taliban, to China by proxy. This was a proxy surrender to China. If you object to that, who in their right mind who's been following the past year or two worth of events would be shocked to find a week from now the latest FBI training on radical extremism and domestic terrorist threats? in the U S who in their right mind would be shocked and surprised to find the FBI saying anybody who strongly objects to the way Afghanistan was just handled could be a terrorist. And what next? Anybody who lives in New Jersey who yells at president Biden to resign, to go home because he's abandoning hundreds, if not thousands of our citizens, including children, including men, women and children, in country, in Afghanistan. Anybody who yells at him on a New Jersey street corner when he comes to survey hurricane damage could be a terrorist. Just saying. Not saying you are, but you could be. What? You tyrant. Watch it. Watch it, bub. But here's the thing. This trigger warning, this mentality, this sentiment can infiltrate, can... Permeate every aspect of life. If it can find a way to marinate our founding documents as a nation to where our own bureaucracies, our own governments are putting trigger warnings on our nation's founding documents, on the website, if that can be true, you tell me who the real traitors are. You tell me. Where the treason is most likely to be found? Is it most likely to be found in flyover country, who loves this country, who stands for the Pledge of Allegiance, who sings the Star-Spangled Banner, who celebrates Fourth of July and Thanksgiving? Is it most likely to be found among our crew, or is it most likely to be found among the folks who are putting ridiculous, absurd trigger warnings on our nation's founding documents? The party that's responsible for that abject nonsense is also the party that's responsible for insisting on publicly funded, subsidized, protected murder of the unborn. It's the same party that insists that children should be taught by people other than their parents to fool around, experiment, have sex with whoever you wanna have sex with because that's liberation. But don't you dare wear a face mask during COVID that says Jesus loves you. And oh, by the way, if you get pregnant while you're fooling around, while you're having sex, on our encouragement, after we gave you condoms and we encouraged you through graphic sex ed classes, in some places, we're going to try and take you to get an abortion without your parents even knowing. And if you decide you want to self-identify as the other gender, we're going to take you to see somebody about that without your parents even knowing. And if at some point your parents, your grandparents, or you start saying, well, wait a second, what about the founding documents of this nation? Isn't there some kind of overarching transcendent truth above the arbitrary will and whim of these tyrants who want to run every detail of our lives? You go look up the documents at the website for the National Archives and they've put a trigger warning on our nation's founding documents. Now you could say, oh, well, you know, it's probably just some intern. Garrett, calm down. You know, I've got friends. I've got friends that I love that I usually really enjoy and appreciate, but there's a couple who come to mind specifically in moments like this who would say, Garrett, whatever, it's fine. Calm down, it's no big deal. No, I'm sorry. Here's the truth. friend. If you think this is no big deal, it might just be because you really don't want to do anything about it, if it is a big deal. It's not that it's no big deal, it's that it is a big deal, but you also are committed, you are stubbornly committed to doing nothing whatsoever about it. So, then the counterpoint comes in, well, there are some people I know who are really scared. And they care too much about these things. They're really afraid right now. And they're looking for comfort. And they're looking for encouragement. You need to be really careful to not freak people out. Not freak them out. You know what freaks people out? I'll tell you. When your house is on fire and the fire department is throwing Molotov cocktails. That's what freaks people out. You know what helps people not freak out when their house is on fire? When the fire department shows up and actually tries to get your loved ones out of the blaze and put the blaze out. Word of the wise. And unfortunately, we have a lot of folks who have embraced the ideas which are central. And these are radical, revolutionary ideas. We're not talking about good men disagree on these things. We're talking about people who have just recently been introduced to these ideas are confused about what to make of them who are unacquainted with God's word, but they are taken in by these deceptive schemes. Those folks sometimes fall in for a little while, but there will come a time when they realize, oh man, I can't believe I didn't see this for what it was. And there will be some you told me so's. And here's the thing. I'm not going to take any satisfaction whatsoever in saying, you're right, I did tell you so none. None whatsoever. Because what I really wanted, the reason I told you so, is because there was a point in time when we could have done something to slow this down. But the very comfortable folks who love nothing so much as being well-fed and drinking good drinks and watching good shows and good movies and playing good video games and having a good fun social life being well-liked by everybody. The folks who care nothing about principle except the principle of being comfortable and contented, those folks stubbornly refused to even look at the evidence. They don't want to look at the evidence because the evidence might lead them to having to do something about it. They just are not going to. They just don't want to. Now, you could say, Now, Garrett, I'm tracking so far. I'm with you. This is upsetting, this is concerning. You're right, this is treasonous, this is revolutionary, this is just another drop in the bucket because there's lots and lots of things that are going on like this which are very clearly efforts to imitate Benedict Arnold during the Revolutionary War. Now you could say, Garrett, I'm with you. It's very serious. These people, aren't. they don't love this country, they probably would rather that China take us over. And that we have communism instead. Certainly communism instead of Republicans running the country. But what are we supposed to do about it? We don't want to take it too seriously. We don't want to obsess over it. Let me tell you what we could be doing about it. We could be teaching our children civics. We could be teaching our children philosophy. We could be teaching our children political philosophy, more specifically. We could be teaching our children history in conjunction with political philosophy so that When this all falls apart, if there is some possibility of not being some mere satellite of China in the decades to come, our children are actually able to serve in a competent fashion in government, in business, in academia, in the church, in the military. If we don't have children who understand civics and how to do as Jeremiah 29, 7 says, Seek the welfare of the city to which Yahweh, your God, has brought you in your exile. If we don't understand what that entails, how are we going to do it? You know, that that whole section in Jeremiah 29 is talking about being in exile for a long time, a long, long time. Not a little while. Not Jesus is coming back in about 30 seconds. But we're talking decades. We're talking about generations in exile. And I can't help feeling as though... That should be where our head is at, not the left-behind series. Not Jesus is going to appear in the clouds any second now, because no man knows the day or the hour except for the Father only. Not even the Son knows, only the Father. For all you know, two seconds from now, the clouds part, and here comes Jesus riding on a white horse. But, for all you know, it's another thousand years. Forge of Christendom is an interesting book to pick up, it wasn't the best read I've ever read, but it was very interesting in this one regard in that it taught me that around the year 1000 AD, increasingly Christianized Western Europe believed that the end of the world, the second coming of Christ, was very close. It was going to happen any time now between the Muslims and the Vikings and changes in weather and plagues and political turmoil, the church in Western Europe thought for sure, this is it. This is it. Now, little did they know that less than 500 years later, Christopher Columbus discovers the new world for European colonization, and that blows things wide open in terms of European powers being able to avoid piracy, raiding slaving by Muslims between them and East Asia. So it could very well be that a similar sort of surprise happens. But what if, what if the earth stands another 500 years, another thousand years? Are we abiding by the principles and the commands of God in Jeremiah 29? Where God says, seek the welfare of the city to which Yahweh, your God, has brought you in your exile. Seek the welfare of the city. When he writes that, when he says that, when God gives that command, he's talking about Babylon specifically. Babylon is, I don't know if you know this, but it's not a Christian nation. It's not a faithful, God-fearing place. Babylon is a pagan, corrupt place. And yet, what does God say to his people in exile in Babylon Seek the welfare of the city to which God has brought you in your exile. He says to build houses. He says to fill those houses with good things, every good thing. Take wives for yourselves. Have children. Give your children away in marriage so that they also can have children. Multiply and do not decrease in the land. That's part of the way that you seek the welfare of the city to which God has brought you in your exile so that's a big question we need to be asking ourselves with regards to this kind of nonsense. What do you think fills the vacuum created by the Constitution, Declaration, and Bill of Rights when a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, the next level warning, beyond trigger warning, the next level admonition, rebuke, is being issued? The fact of the matter is, as far as I'm concerned, if this country is going to stand, these folks cannot be our government. Flat out, period, end of discussion. Historically speaking, this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. These people cannot be our government. So then who will be? Who will be our government? Who will serve? Who will be the ministering authority that we read about in Romans 13? Commissioned by God to reward those who do good and to punish those who do evil. Who is that going to be? And if it is going to be any of our children, anyone we know, we need to be studying political science. We need to be studying philosophy and theology. We need to be studying strategic thinking, decision-making, business, Get your kids out of public schools. If you still have your kids in public schools, if you know people who still have their kids in public schools, implore them to get their kids out because this is not sustainable. We will all be slaves to some very bad, nasty, unkind, unfriendly, oppressive, tyrannical people, the likes of which you can't even begin to fathom. Get a load of this. Try this on for size. You say to yourself, China, eh, what's the big deal? The name on the sign above the door changes. So what? I'm going to still keep working. Au contraire, mes amis. What happens when China starts rolling out policies like they do in China? They take over our country. What happens when they roll out policies like they roll out on their own people? But even worse, they say, One child. We've decided, arbitrarily, because we're so wise and we like the feeling of having power over you, we've decided you all can only have one child. Okay? So what if I get pregnant with a second? A woman says. Well then, we will force you to get an abortion and we will sterilize you. We will give you a hysterectomy. Abortion, hysterectomy. Now, interestingly enough, China has the opposite problem where they're trying to encourage people to have children again because they're going to have a demographic issue. And so now Chinese state media is teasing the idea of compulsory reproduction. I don't know if you've heard that. If you haven't heard that hit me up let me know I'll find the article we'll do a whole podcast episode about it. But suffice to say right now China is talking openly through their state-run media about compulsory reproduction in order to bring the birth rate up. Now, you tell me what happens if China takes over the United States of America and they're willing to have compulsory abortion when it suits them, to have compulsory reproduction when it suits them, to have their social credit system, which decides whether you can travel based on whether you've said anything critical of the government. You know, oddly enough, that sounds a lot like what's developing here. So what do we do? Like I said, start out getting your kids out of the public education system. Second, make sure your kids are learning civics and history and they're dealing with original source material. Not revisionist nonsense. Not Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. No, 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 no. It's trash, by the way. I've read it. It was trash. It was garbage. Not critical race theory. Have them learn actual history. Have them read original source material about great men our country produced once upon a time, and which our country needs to produce again if we're going to survive as a nation. There needs to be repentance. In this country, and repentance needs to be holistic. It needs to not be, oh, you know what, I have this one little thing that I do every now and then, and it's really disruptive, and I'm not living my best life now when I do it, so I'm gonna repent because then I could be happier, and that's really what matters. No, 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 no. Your entire paradigm for living life needs to change, and it needs to change according to faith in Christ as the atoning sacrifice for your sins and obedience because that's the Great Commission. The great commission is go, make disciples, teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. Teach them to obey. We get all wrapped up in the excitement and the romanticism of go. Go, oh, yeah, I love going. I love going. Going, I could do that. Yeah, 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 go. I can go. I can go anywhere. Take a look, it's in a book. Make disciples. Make disciples? Great. Fantastic. I completed a 12-year program on making disciples. I know all of the latest best practices. I can do all of the greatest hits on what the church growth experts are saying you need to do when you make disciples. Fantastic. I love making disciples. I love going and I love making disciples. Well, how about the next part? Teaching them to obey all that Christ commanded us. Ooh, crickets. The applause, the roaring applause, the excitement, the banner waving, the pendants twirling in the air, all of a sudden, silence. Because teaching them to obey all that Christ commanded is not sexy. That's not what we want to do. And yet we have to. We have to. We have to start with our own household, We have to start with our own selves. Lord, bring revival and let it begin in me. We have to start with our own selves and our spouse and our children and our church and our community. Seek the welfare of the city to which God has brought you in your exile. If we do that, we read in the scriptures that righteousness exalts a nation, for one. And is there some reason to suppose that our nation repenting would be a bad thing because it would keep America going, the folks that believe that, maybe just maybe, need to double check how much they themselves have been brainwashed by this whole nonsensical leftist indoctrination system that we call public education. If you are not so sure you want to call America to repentance because then we might avert disaster and keep going as a country, maybe we need some Jesus in the church too. Just saying. If we do that, if we bring the gospel, including but not limited to, the part of the Great Commission that talks about obedience, teaching obedience to all that Christ has commanded us, if we bring that to bear, then whatever comes, whatever God allows and permits and orchestrates and brings actively Whatever comes, we will be found faithful. That should be our prayer. That should be our effort. That should be our constant mission until Christ calls us home. But I got to run. That's all I've got for this episode. Here it is, 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. And we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. If I can, if I can't, record a podcast in the morning before I go to work. I'll try to record a podcast in the evening when I get home from work. Still hoping for some relief for this policy I don't like. But for now, I got to run. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.